Oh, I don't have to get my hair cut. Y'all looking good. Yeah, I... <laughs> Rob looks a little colder than we are. Rob well, looks listen, warm, always. I'm telling you, I live in a big house, and the uh, thermostat is on the other side of the house where all the vents come up and warm it up. So where I'm at, it isn't all that warm. <laughs> How does it feel to be rich living in such a massive house, Rob? I don't know. Ask my wife. I don't know. <laughs> She's the one with all the money. Is that I it? Get, I have my social security check every month from the U.S. government that I did earn it. I did work for that check. Oh, that's good. You want to uh, you want to take that and buy a podcast with it? I could <laughs> maybe buy a cheaper pool cue with it. <laughs> get yourself a nice action. Right, nice right, fury. Too. I could get a nice fury for that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so Demi. <laughs> yes. Sir. How you doing, man? It's two weeks oh, in a row. Been. You feeling all right? Yeah, yeah. It's good to well, it was January was kind of a tournament month with Derby and Turning Stone and everything. So uh now I'm uh I'm back from the tournaments. I don't have any tournaments for a few months now. I'm just uh running the boot camps uh pretty solid from here till june i've got one week off in april that corresponds with the super billiard expo but i don't know i might just work really hard the first half of the year and then then uh play a few more tournaments the second half nice any anything on your radar that you're definitely playing no no at this point i'm just i'm just working for a while you know i i uh, i like to play the u.s open uh that's you know one event that it's is i have no prospects of anything, you know, special happening in the U.S. Open. It's not necessarily the most strategic tournament in terms of being out of, a little out of my weight class and a little bit negative expected value in terms of not being very financial uh, they, profitable well, for me. Pay, they do pay pretty deep, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I cashed last year and, you know, won some money, whatever. But it's like the bottom line is, is that it's, you know, it's just something you want to be part of. As a pool player, yeah. if you play pool, it's hard not to want to be a part of the U.S. Open. Yeah. So I think I'll play that one. And then I try to I'll try to play some tournaments where maybe I could win some matches too. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do pretty good, Demi. I, I follow a lot of big events, and every one you're in usually costs some waves. I know because yeah. I'm usually oh, yeah. I'm usually paying off whenever you go and cover a spread. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should, hey man, you need to message me before those matches because uh, we can work something out. <laughs> we, we try to we try to keep the integrity around here for sure. That's right. No, that's but, right. No, but but uh, speak for yourself. yeah, you've been you've been doing pretty good, man. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, well, and you should really, be playing that. I mean, you're you're the you're uh, you're favoring the top twenty five percent of any field. L listen, I wasn't you know I wasn't trying to fish for praise. I was just answering the. I appreciate you guys. I I'll, I'll, you know I try my best when I get in the ring and and uh, I've definitely you know just like any player that spent a lot of time playing, I can always you know make my presence felt at times. So I'll try to do that in the future. But for now, I'm trying to make my presence felt as an instructor. So I'll, I'll do the plug for anybody that's not anybody that's looking for serious pool instruction. Check me out at. Minnesota Pool Bootcamp. It's mnpoolbootcamp.com. But okay, I'm going to be focused on that for a while, and then uh, I'll uh, second half of the year. I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I'll have some good events. Yeah, nice. Good. Well, Looking forward to that. I guess let's get jumped right in. Then we can. Uh, oh wait, I want to give a shout out quick to some Patreon. Uh, the Patreon updates. We actually had uh, quite a few people join the Patreon last week, which is cool. awesome. So I will give a, a giant shout out uh, from this month alone. Thank you to Chris Henry, uh, Amy Ubre, Derek Murray, Garrett Owens, Kurt Murray, 
Murray, and actually he's out here. I think it's Murray. Hopefully, I know. I guess I've never actually asked you, Kurt. Hopefully, it's Murray. I would say Murray. Uh, I see him out there. Uh, and then we got Rick White and Patrick Neal has was already a Patreon, but he upped his uh, level of support. So thank you, Patrick Neal. And then Chris Cherry, and that's it for February. So that's a pretty good start to the month. Thank you all very much for joining the Patreon. It's the best way to support it. And of course, next month we are giving away a custom JB case. So uh, last month we gave away a white carbon shaft the year or the month before that we gave away a uh, predator air jump air rush. And now we are going to be giving away a custom JB case. And John Barton is actually going to be coming onto the show to talk about that in a little bit. So, well, a little bit as in like in the future. So uh, thank you very much to all those Patreons. And uh, yeah, I guess let's uh, let's jump right in. We'll talk about uh, the Wisconsin Apex Open first. Alex Kazakis is your winner. Uh, Bader cost uh, Molina Mike a ton of money. And he is still not recouped yet. So he is actually going to go drive some Uber right after this is done. So go nice and fast today. <laughs> Maybe deliver some flowers for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Whatever it takes, I'm, Jimmy John. I'm going to be recycling this can as soon as I as soon as I finish it as well. You're going to get that five cents out of it. <laughs> it all adds up, yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean that that that's that's cool to see for Bader. Um, I mean he's kind of been knocking on the door uh, to get you know a decent finish for a little while now. He's made a, a, a top sixteen, uh, had a couple you know deeper runs in a couple other events. It's a good finish for him. Uh, I mean. I don't think many people knew who he was. Uh, uh, well, he certainly beat, coming into he this beat, tournament, he beat Shane. I think last year in the World Ten Ball, and that was probably his biggest, I guess, cap on the feather, so to speak. You know, before then, not a lot of people had heard about him. Um, but he plays ten ball good, and he had a really good break. Um, that was something that, for me, and a big reason why I lost some money, I guess, was because I didn't see that break until later on in the tournament, whenever they were putting him on the TV table. Um, because if you saw uh, his consistency there, it's it's um, no surprise to see his success. But um, yeah, he had some he had some moments of dog in it when when he was missing some spot shots. So that's something he's going to have to work on. And I'm sure he would say the same thing. Uh, but all in all, it was a fantastic event, and kudos to both players. Um, and and even I think it was Yap and Levan I think came in third, fourth. So they all had some some great finishes as well. Yeah, what's up? He's he's uh I think I played Bader. I actually uh I think I won that match at Turning Stone in January, but him and um he he did really good at Derby too. Didn't he make like a final eight at Derby Yusuf. too? His his road dog you Oh his road part. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So so he had I'll tell you what, man, there's been some really good players coming out of Kuwait. I don't think I saw them around, you know, three, four years ago. But um but now there's there's it seems like uh a little bit more and they all have that same style. Now is I can't remember. Is Omar El Shaheen? Is he Kuwait as well? Correct. Omar. Yeah. 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 They all play the same style. Like I, when I play Bader, I mean, like really, really just super big strokes, super offensive. Just you know, get down, fire at the hole with big, you know, a big, you know, free swing, lots of power, lots of aggression, and real loose, real straight. You know, they weren't, you know, maybe not as, um, you know, the game management and the and the percentage play and all that. It's just, it was just like. Just I'm just gonna catch my gear, shoot everything in the center of the hole. They I've seen it. They all kind of play that same style, and it's I'll tell you. Uh, and they also so I think they have a very offensive game, and then they're also uh, a lot of confidence, man, a lot of belief. I mean, to make it to the finals of an event like that, uh, you know, and to make the you know just and of course you know Omar, you know, make it the final. They just a lot of confidence, a lot of aggression, 
Uh, it seems to be that's a good combination of pool. Oh, it is. When you can when you can execute, that's the thing. Yeah. And they're and yeah. they're able to, you know, with Yusuf, that was kind of his breakout party at Turning Stone. I think he even got in the final four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think he had really deep. He had Shaw eight to three on the winner side to yeah. get to the to get to the hot seat match. And then at eight to three, he missed an opportunity and it went eight four. And then he blew one more chance to go eight five. And then Jason ran out the set. He ran out, broke and ran four. So it's like he but he had Shaw eight to three playing really, really good. I watched that match. He was playing really good. Nice. Yeah. He was definitely the uh steal the event i think for a lot of people and surprise a lot of people um because i had darren when I, I when i saw the guys going and playing i had darren winning and those two met up in the final 16 and i think darren won the first set and then lost in a shootout i think the second set i mean he lost the second set and then eventually lost in a shootout to debater yep. but i like darren in that event because when i did see him on the tv table I mean, he was just playing smooth. He didn't have a care in the world, you know, like it was just every ball was going in. He wasn't it, – it's really like what Demi was saying. It's a contrast of styles because Darren's going to play the right shot. He's not going to take flyers. You're not going to see him play, you know, crazy three or four rail position. He's going to keep things really simple, textbook, control his cue ball. Um, and I think that's what got him, all, you know, all of his success. But – yeah, after seeing seeing Bader later on in the event and then seeing his break, it's no wonder why he was able to come back. I mean, he well, really had a great 10-ball break. Let me ask you this, Mike. Do you think that the style of somebody's play favors different formats? Like in this race to four or two sets with a shootout, do you think that somebody like Darren that plays real steady, real percentage, real just, you know, like not making a lot of – you know, do you think he's going to do well more often or do you think it's just everybody plays their own style and whatever works? I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure because that's the million dollar question for a lot of these guys. It's like, that's when do you, question. Yeah, because you have your finger on the pulse, right? When are you going to be aggressive and put your guy on your heels? Or when are you going to go and play, you know, defensively and just try to just pick them apart, you know, keep them in jail, keep them kicking. Um, I'll tell you this, you know, for a format like that, it's really wide open and any of those guys can go and get there. And it sounds cliche, but it's no BS because I'm not saying Bader wasn't supposed to get there, but there would have been a list of guys in front of him that, you know, were, were supposed to get there before him. But he's he's got the capability. He's got the skill set. He's got a big break and he can go and pocket balls, you know. So if you give him a couple of opportunities, you're going to get buried. And it's real easy to kind of get in tilt, man. I mean, Yap had him. Uh, Bader missed like two or three spot shots in a row. And you just saw what the pressure just ate Yap alive because He's never supposed to miss those spot shots or at least make one out of three because he had three chances to go and put Bader away and he didn't. Um, but you, that that pressure of that format, man, it just really makes it beyond exciting to go and watch because you're never you're never out of it until, you know, the guy goes and wins that that most important second set. Yeah, and I, I think I would agree. I think that as long as they have, you know, at that level, any style can win as long as they have an effective break. And a lot of and and they're and they're ready to deliver when it comes. As long as they're ready for the clutch and they have a big break, and he, that's that's kind of the requirements of that format. What do you think, Nate? Yeah. What was your mindset, Nate, in when you played? Uh, not to miss every single ball that I shoot at, and I didn't. I made four balls the entire tournament. You did good, buddy. Yeah, progress. No, I mean, it's, so you it's, felt uh, you, were you aggressive or passive aggressive or what were you? 
So I'm not going to lie to you, man. Those tables, they might, I mean, these pros make them look super easy, but I'm telling you what, you got four and a half inch, you are, sorry, you got the four and a quarter inch pockets and you are playing on like really deep shelves and those rails do not react like, uh, you know, like a Brunswick. I mean, if you hit the rails on those things, it's not guaranteed to go after that cloth, after that cloth settles in, you touch the rail at all and it's not guaranteed to go. Those tables play brutal They're, I mean, those pros make them look so easy, but most, I mean, most players I think are playing on four and three quarter inch pockets. And, you know, there's actually a lot of pool players that have never even played on four and a quarter inch pockets before. And you don't, you just don't realize how tight those things get until you're well, looking at it from nine foot away and you're trying to shoot, you know, a, a, an eight ball or something like that into a dark pocket at eight foot away. It's really super tough. You know what? There's, it's amazing that when you change a couple of things a little bit, so you take a game of pool. And then all of a sudden you make it four and a quarter and then you, you put, you put the cloth where it's really, really fast and slick and, and ball, shiny balls that you're not. So all of a sudden you've got a tighter target than you normally aim at. You've got conditions that make it a little bit like when you use side spin, it doesn't curve or deflect the same as you're used to your cue balls, not quite as tight. So you're not getting, you're not as confident. You're not as connected with the shot and you're not as, you're not getting well, as it'll good overdo a position. It. You know, you're not getting as good a position. So you're looking at funny angles and funny shots with kind of, a disconnected cue ball to a tight target. And then you add in like a world-class opponent that's just ready to run four racks on you. If you miss, you just make a couple little tweaks and it almost doesn't feel like the same game you've played all your life. And it's like, it's, it's like going from pool on a nine foot table to going and playing Chinese eight ball or something. It's like, you know, I, it's still the same balls at a stick, but it's way tougher. And it's, I, I think that it's really tough, man. It's just, you know, I've, I've gone through it where you get in there and it's like, you know, I play on my table at home with my, you know, I'm used to the table. I'm I'm used to the, my basement. I'm used to the pressure of my basement. Everything seems loose, but then you change a few things a little bit and those small changes, a few of them add up to an exponential difference. Yeah, it, it really does. And that's why, like, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent there, but just like what Demi said about his basement, like, this is why, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of these guys who play who are the bigger names and let's say like a ghost event. You know, like I'm sure they can play great pool, but there's nothing like having that heat on your ass and playing somewhere where you're uncomfortable and you're on the road and you got a, a world champion in the other chair, you know, going in and putting you in jail. There's nothing there's nothing that'll go and equate to that playing like in a ghost format like that where you're where it's your conditions. It's your environment. You know exactly where that ball is going to go. You don't second guess it. You know exactly what you're going to do, where you're going to end up, how to overcompensate whenever you come up a little short. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's night and day. Well, and what you know what it reminds me of is uh, we had Darren Appleton on last time. And, and I'll tell you, the one thing he was talking about, about his performance, he was playing the game great. He's like, yeah, I just haven't been in that situation enough. Uh, and, and I need to put myself in that spot more. And then I also remember uh, last year uh, when uh, Carl Boyas was, doing a, uh, was on one of our podcasts talking about, oh, what was the, the event where they had like, the seven day rolling group. Everybody's trying to graduate out of their What's group going on right now. It's the Premier League, yeah. but the format, yeah, and, we'll, we'll talk about this one a little so, bit, but that format is different now. And I don't like so, it, but go ahead. So in any case, when they were, when they were trying to get, uh, when we were doing our predictions, Carl went down the list and we were all kind of making our predictions. And Carl's like, this guy has been in a lot of matchroom events lately. This guy's been in the ring lately. This guy's been in the ring lately. These are the guys. So like when Carl was making his picks, it was like, who's had the most recent experience at the highest level of competition. And when Darren, you know, it's, it's, it's just, that's a common theme. There's no, there's nothing anybody can do in their basement to prepare for what it's like in that environment. And so you have to bet on the people that are putting themselves out there again and again. And um, 
Well, it's smarter money are, for sure. You know, it's a smarter move. Yeah. It's and safer. For, and, and for people that are looking to get better. Oh, thanks, Brett. I appreciate the shout out. Uh, for people that are looking to get better, there's zero way to get. It's like diving. It's like going into really, really cold water. There's no way to go in without getting a shock. So you have to just go in, let it shock you, get acclimated to it, get used to it. And just like being in freezing cold water after a while, you know, you kind of adjust or, or you, you know, die. But, but, but the point is, is that you can't sit there from your basement. There's no route. There's no route from your basement, the high level pool that doesn't Jump lead to, that, that doesn't lead to getting out of your comfort zone to the point where you just break down a few times and you just have to say, okay, if, Am, am I willing to do that? Do I want do I want the payoff enough to go through that experience and just yeah, and I and that's why that's why I want to play the US Open once a year. So even if I don't mind playing Turning Stone Derby and some of these other like national level tournaments, uh, but I like to play a couple of events every year that are just so difficult that they just you know, they kind of I need to I need to I don't want to I don't want to step down from that level of play somewhat in my life because I know that I just it, you gotta stay conditioned, right? Well, you like to test yourself too, and where where's your game at, really? In compared with other, well, players? I mean, there's tiers. You know, uh, some sure. people are fine in their comfort zone. You know, and some people like to get like the Nates go go in and play in that event. You want to get uncomfortable. You want to test yourself. That and it's close by your house, so <laughs> yeah, close enough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was I was actually kind of lucky with my draw. I got to play two world champions. No big deal, right? Not bad. <clears throat> That's cool. I got to play, you know, depends on how you consider your 14.1 uh, world championships. You get into some pretty, really weird waters there. But, you know, if you counted those, I think uh, I think there's five world championships between the, the two players that I played against. Mika has four and Jonas has one. It's pretty good. Well, it was Charlie's event. I don't know how much credit it gets, but I'll, no, I'll leave that alone. getting some shout out <laughs> yeah. to me. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, I mean, Jonas is uh, the, uh, is he the current junior world champion? I think he might I think be. So, yeah, I think he's the current junior world champion. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of there's a couple of other decent players that have had that uh, honor. I think uh, Fedor was a junior world champion. He's uh, I think I think we've seen his name around a couple times. He might be playing okay these days. Yeah. There's a ton of <laughs> monsters that have been world junior champions. A ton. Yeah. You know, so, you know uh, what? That reminds me. That reminds me. Somebody asked about mental game. I'll just tell you. I've been telling my students. I'm like, no matter what the score is, no matter how bad you're shooting, no matter how tough your opposition is, no matter how many shots you've blown, it always feels worse than it really is. It's never as bad as it feels, and you just have to keep going. And the only exception to that is, except when you're playing Fedor, then it actually is as bad as it feels. But unless <laughs> other than that, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Nope. I can't. So I guess a long way around this to uh, to answer your question of uh, how it went. Um, I, 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 I guess I kind of want to transition that into we're, I, I don't think we're done talking about this event and everything else yet, but uh, I do want to transition it into a different topic, uh, at least in the near term. Uh, so I was involved with Predator helping them set up their events in Michigan and now in Wisconsin. So Michigan, I want to say, was is it two weeks after it was one week after the U S open last year? Cause I went straight from uh, Atlantic city to Michigan to set that up mm. or to help set that up. Uh, so this is, this is something that I honestly didn't know. Uh, and I work pretty closely with predator, I guess on a lot of different things. Uh, the tables that they're using right now are actually the third generation tables. So the first time that they were ever seen was last year in Arizona. So they have completely rehauled their table three times, mm. which is 
crazy to think about. But, well, their cloth is currently on their, I want to say their seventh iteration. So they went from changing their, uh, their cloth came out, I believe the first ever Arcadia sponsored event might have been uh, the virtual event that one sport did last year. And then the, the VG battle of the sexes was the second one that they ever did. So that would have been, I guess, February of last year uh, where the Arcadia cloth was revealed and it's now on its seventh iteration of different things. So this, this to me tells me two things. One predator uh, released their stuff. Oh, and I should say the balls are on their second iteration too. Everyone knows they had the Arcos one. Now they're on the Arcos two. One, uh, Predator really wanted to get their products out as fast as they possibly could because they wanted to start this tour. Uh, two, they re- they launched them way too early, absolutely way too early. I mean, they sh- if you're on seven iterations in in less than a year or about a year, I guess, with your cloth, you release that way too early. Uh, your third iteration with your table, your second iteration with your balls, uh, way too early. Point number three, they are taking every ounce of feedback that they can possibly get and they're using it to make the best product that they possibly can. So while they released it, maybe way too early, they are not just sitting back and saying like, well, this is what you get playing it, get $25,000 for winning it. If you want, or don't, we don't care. This is our product. Like they are actively trying to change everything that they're doing with their products. And I have to assume that they're, you know, this is going to end up happening with their format too, but I'm, I'm saying this, like the, the players might not like the format and you might not get Jason Shaw and you might not get Shane Van Boning and you might not get Sky Woodward to show up to these things, but I'm telling you what, I don't know how much they pan the crowds, but when they get to a shootout, it doesn't matter what table it's on. It's like, there's like a little beacon that goes up in the air and it just says pressure, pressure, pressure. And oh, and these were those red lights room, just going it's off. It's like the blue light special back in the day yeah. with those stupid grocery stores. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, when those, when those shootouts happen, the room goes straight to it. There are a hundred people standing around in a giant circle watching these shootouts. And when the shoulder, the shootouts were happening on the, on the TV tables, you're talking like 200 people. And there's only maybe 250 at any given time in these rooms, maybe 300 at any given time in these rooms. And every single person is in a circle watching these shootouts, watching what happens. You know, you can complain about the format all you want, and maybe that needs changed. Maybe it doesn't. But you cannot argue to me that people are not interested in watching that. It, it's it's crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy watching people stand in a circle watching two people shoot stop shots or spot shots. What did it's you wild. hear from the players, Nate, on, on that subject? You know, some fans obviously loved it, but how about the well, players? You, you kind of have players. From what I've gathered, you have players breaking down into three different categories. You have category one, which is like Shane, Sky, uh, Jason, maybe to a lesser degree. And they're like the people that are like, we're not playing it no matter what. Like this format is not for us. We're not interested. Category two is kind of like the Darren Appletons, uh, Meek Eminem to a lesser degree. Um, and it's, and those are like the, we don't like this format, but we like, we either like what Predator's doing and we want to uh, support it or we just want to play. You know, it, the, the categories, we don't necessarily like it, but we're playing in it. And the reason we're playing in for it changes, but you're willing to support it. You're willing to play in it, even though you don't necessarily like it. And then there's the category three, which is just players like that are just hungry for anything. You know, they'll, you know, if, if, uh, if tomorrow, you know, Omega billiards added $10,000 to a broomstick tournament, they would show up with their favorite 
broomstick and they would play in it just because they want to compete no matter what. And it doesn't really care what it is. It could hit balls around on the floor for a while and they're going to play in it no matter what. Predator so they don't really have care a broomstick out within, within weeks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, um, I, I guess I, I fall, I used to fall, I guess, in the second category, uh, just to ask Corby's question. Um, this is the second event that I've played in. I played in Michigan last year too. Um, and that was on the first generation tables with the like third generation cloth. And I, I'm not like Demetrius, you kind of said it, you kind of said it perfectly earlier. Like it's uh the cloth is just so much different. I, I, by the end of that event in Michigan, I honestly felt like I didn't know how to play pool. Like I was playing pool for the first time. The, the, the throw reacts differently. The, the cloth is grippier. So it actually like throws balls more. So, you know, if you're using high outside, cutting a ball down the rail, you know, I, that's a shot that, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Demetrius, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say if you're shooting a ball down the rail within like six inches, 95% of the time, if you have to do nothing with the shot, like you don't have to get position. Yeah, you lay it in outside. Yeah. You play with high outside. You, yeah, you play that shot with high outside. Well, I was playing that shot with high outside too. And I was end up like cutting the ball almost like a third of the way to the diamond. I mean, I'm not well, even missing the balls. And, and even, on bad. even on center ball rolls, the balls, at least when I played the, the one I played, was like the balls were so shiny and polished that, you know, when you cut a ball, you expect just a little bit of throw, you know. And everybody was – they didn't throw. Like everybody was overcutting the balls, and it wasn't just me. It was like – like if you're cutting – say the ball's like a ball width off the rail, on the end rail, and you're trying to cut it in the corner, you know, you can't aim it at the middle of the pocket. It throws in, catches the rail, and hangs up. Well, here – People are overcutting it to the side rail again and again because it just doesn't. Anyway, it was really like every shot. And it's like it's really tough when you're under pressure against good opposition. Every shot can already be kind of a roller coaster of adventurous, you know, emotions. And then when you add in like a total kind of like a little bit lost at sea on the tables, it's a uh, yeah. I, I, as far as the format goes, you know, I I think that, uh, well, first of all, I mean, it's their their tour. Anybody can start a tour. I mean, they, they're a growing pool. And I think that if they could grow the event slowly and steadily and build it up and, and have more events for players to play and make money and compete, then that's a good thing. And then and then here's the way I look at it. It's not even them that's making that choice. It's They didn't decide. Predator maybe technically decided to do this format, but they didn't really decide. You know who decided is the people watching. The people watching. You know, the, the, the promoters are just following the viewers, man. So it's, if the viewers were really interested in watching race to 13, double elimination, you know, well, then then that's what they'd be doing. So it's, it's, if you, if you, it's, it's funny because it's so hypocritical. People are like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. But then they line up and watch. It's kind of like Earl Strickland or something. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's great, man. It's what the viewers want. It's what they do. Then the only thing about it as me as a player is I look at it just like if I fly out there and take five days and I get to fire one of my few tournaments of the year and I'm going to go out there and spend my five days and my thousand bucks at expenses and entry, am I going to get, you know, yeah, it's about do I have a chance to win money? But the other question is, Am I going to get play? Do I get some play here? And, you know, am I just going to get play in a format where I miss a ball or two because I don't settle in on the table right away and I'm already eliminated? Or do I at least get some play and get an opportunity to kind of get going and get get comfortable and maybe do some back and forth battling and stuff? And I, from what I've seen, I think that format is fair in the sense that you actually get some play. And if you drop one set, you get a chance to play a second set. And then if you lose one match, you're on the B side, and maybe there's still some soft spots where you can maybe get through a match and kind of catch a gear. And it's not, and then they have a single elimination redraw, whatever. So it's like, I don't know, man. I just feel like, I feel like it's very, very fair for the players. You get good play, you get good viewers. Go for it, man. I think it's a, I think, 
people have been watching race to nine and 11 and seven and 13 forever, forever when it comes to pool. And there are metrics. We, we talked to Ozzy before that they go and take into account whenever they made these decisions and they don't want to be, you know, too overly reactive, but they are taking feedback at the same time. Um, but like Nate said, people go and watch. Like Demetri said, people are there watching. People are excited about it. People want to tune in. And that's the most important thing. And I think I can understand from a player standpoint where they want to get the most bang for their buck. They want to feel where they have the best odds to go and make money off of their money and a race to 11 or whatever where the cream will kind of rise to the top in their opinion. I completely understand that. But they're putting in the money. And, well, and, yeah, and, and they're, they're looking at the bigger picture there. Predator and CSI and, and that whole team, right? Uh, well, and, yeah, so, and I was just gonna, I was just interject. The players are thinking about one event, whereas the the you know predators thinking about the next one, five, ten years, and that's where I mean, they like, have even a what Darren vision. was saying, Darren's saying like I'm spending three grand to go and travel, and I get it because then there's however what eight events a year, that's twenty four grand, you know, to go and and travel. I completely understand, and you want to make you want to get the most value for your money, you know, it makes sense. I from their standpoint, I completely get it, but Pool isn't going to grow if people aren't going to be excited. And I don't mean us because we'll watch. I mean like the average person. You know, if they're if we can't get those people to go and tune in and watch the game, whatever format it may be, then it's not going to grow. It just won't, you know. And this, this does get people like average league players to go and stand around <laughs> and sweat it, man. It really does. I, I saw it in Vegas last year. And I saw it. When it was, it wasn't even name players. I mean, like these were, these were players that the average person hadn't heard of, like Latin American players. And I'm, and they're in the middle, and no other match is going on, but they're finishing their second set, leading into the shootout. And I'm walking in the room, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Because I thought everybody else was on break. Still packed full of people going and sweating it. Fans like to go and watch the shootout. I mean, they just do. And I mean, you. When have we had? What is it? Twenty five thousand dollars to the winner, like six or seven times a year. However many, it's eight times a year. However, however many events they got over the course of twelve months after a pandemic. You know, it, it, it's. I I understand where some of these guys are coming from, but I really appreciate like the Darrens of the world because at least they're supporting the guys who are putting money into pool instead of just being the ones complaining from the couch saying, "Oh, there's no money in pool," but it's like you're not helping the ones who are trying to help you. Well, and there's enough there's enough players that are there's enough players that are interested that if a few of the players don't want to play it because they don't like it, well, that's fine because there's a line of people trying to sign up and they're they haven't had any problem filling. So the thing's gonna work with or without now now been, like now they've been able to fill it, you know. But last year well, I was nervous as hell. I was like, man, that's pretty brutal. Those guys are putting in all that money after all this crap, and then you know, you guys aren't they can't even fill up a what was this, a 64 man event. And thankfully more people have been around. You know, but it hadn't been that way. Well, I'll say this. Uh, playing in Wisconsin, uh, I, I guess, this has everything that you would want to have as far as uh, – I guess it's got an underdog story because any locals can join it. All you got to do is post your money. You can play in it. Uh, it has hometown heroes, so you can have your the best player from your, your area play, and you can also have your world champions that show up, and you can also have your, you know, your up-and-coming, you know, players that are trying to make it pro. I mean, this has everything, so – I mean, one of the great parts about this is when I was playing against Mika Eminen, uh, I started my first match, and uh, he wins the first game. And then I win the second and third game. And when 
somebody made a post about Nate being up two to zero against or uh, two to one against Mika Eminen. Uh, I there was people came down Dog. there. Dog. I probably had about 30 to oh. 35 people. Sorry. Well, let me get to that part of the story. All right. <laughs> Give me a little time. <laughs> so I, I had about 35 to 45 people that were just watching my match that were just locals, you know, like the, you know, from Madison or they're from, you know, somewhere in Wisconsin or, you know, they're just, you know, friends that know the podcast or something like that, whatever it is, they, they came down and watched it. And we have, you know, we have, we had probably more people watching my match because I was up against Meek Eminem than what was actually watching the stream table at the time. That's perfect. I mean, that's exactly what Predator wants too. They want the local players getting in there and, you know, testing their hand against the best in the world. And, if, you know, of course, I dogged it like a, like a, like the true champion that I am. But, you know, I missed a ball to go up three to one against Meek Eminem. If I do, if I, you know, if I'm able to make that eight ball, maybe I win the first set. Maybe I get to a shootout against Meek Eminem. There might have been a hundred people watching there just because. Well, it's really smart of these producers to have uh, amateur tournaments in the same building. No doubt. As these predator events. I mean, look at the BCA Invitational years ago out at the Riviera. I mean, you know, there's 3,000 amateur pool players there watching these 64 world champions play also. So combining those things makes a big difference. But from from a pro standpoint, they don't want to be having a chance to lose to a shortstop. You know, they want to get the most value for their money, and that's the that's the tough part because a lot of I, I I've heard it from a lot of these guys like a race to four, one or two little goofy things happen, the rails, the cloth, whatever. You know what I mean? There and all go. of a sudden you go and lose to a, a no name. It's tough when they're trying to go and make their living. But but let me ask you this, Mike. Let me ask you this, Mike. If you're a pro player, would you rather play? Would you rather play? Like, okay, so say you're Mika Eminent. Would you rather play Nate Mendham two races to four with a spot shot shootout or whatever? Or would you rather play Darren Apple did a race to eleven? Or would you rather play filler on a on a a race to eleven? Like, which you get your pick. Well, so my my whole my whole point is, if you want longer sets then guys that guys that can't win longer sets aren't going to show up and play. And the only people that you have is top players playing top players. And it's like every match is a sweat. How are you going to make money when you need to win eight matches against 800 Fargo rates? Here's the chance where they can mix it up. And yeah, they're playing shorter sets and it's a little bit of a goofy format, but at least they have a skill edge, you know? Yeah. But, the, but, but, but the percentages of like the, the Nates of the world being in that tournament versus the Darren Appleton's of the world being in that tournament are here and here. You know, there's not as at least this year. Last year it was open. I'm sorry, man. I love you. I love you. I love you. Last year it was open, right? So there was more opportunities for guys to go and jump in there and do the thing. Now it's getting it's getting more full of of top tier yeah. talent. So it's like yeah. you're having a it, it's 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 a double it's a double bullet there. You're having to go and and fade. And I get it. You know, I do. But they just I think the players have to kind of sit back a little bit, ride it out. I'm not saying this is the perfect format. What I'm saying is it's fun to watch at home, at the at the venue, whatever you want to go and call it. It's it's very exciting to go and watch. I think the pressure equates to like I've I've seen some of these guys in the Premier League going and missing on four inch pockets, you know, and those are short races, too. You know, I know they're paying on four and a, four and a quarter over there at the Predator event, but it's like pressure makes players do funny things and people want to watch exciting stuff. They don't want to just watch boring, run out, perfect pool. I mean, and how, there are how many other the Predator, like uh, local players were there, Nate. 
any you know amateur players. Well, actually, you know what? I'll give a shout out to uh, to one of the local players because there was a there was a a player who tested COVID. I don't know who it was. He was like kind of like a what a, kind of like a shortstop type player. I that's what I was told. I don't know who it was, but I will give a shout out because they did fill it because Mike Taylor jumped in at the last second, uh, which is a player from the Portage area. He's like a four hundred and seventy five, four eighty Fargo, something like that. He's dead money. I'm dead money. But the point is he jumped in and he played in there and he said it was the best experience he's ever had in his pool career. Sure. He got to play Dennis Grabo first match. You know, Dennis Grabo played almost perfect. He said, he said that he lost four zero four zero to Dennis, but he said he learned more from playing that than, than he could have, you know, take 400 bucks and light it on fire and play the best player in your room, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do. He said he learned more watching Dennis Grabo approach the table and walk around the table than he could have learned from any instruction he's ever gotten. Maybe yeah, I, I will. That's some funky mechanics, though. Watch him shoot a spot shot. He'll be, he'll be hooking all over the yeah. place when Dennis but, the shoots, man. They're they're <laughs> absolutely right. You know, like I was talking about, um, who was it, Aronis? Like when you play somebody and you sit ringside and play against them, you feel the 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 dynamic of the pressure and of the, uh, you know, you share the experience with them. And when you watch them play, there are things that do not come through on a screen. And if you get face to face. And, and down and dirty, like, it's totally different. Like, I'll remember my favorite was, like, James Aranis. When I watched him play, what gave me goosebumps was his how still his backhand was. Like, when he would address the cue ball and his arm would come to a stop, it was like gunfighter still. And I've tried to think about why it was so chilling. And the best way I could explain it was, like, animals can get still. Like, a cat can, like, kind of get still. But then there's, like, lizards get still in like a different level where it's almost like, is that real? Is that thing alive? And it's like, his hand doesn't just get still. He gets like lizard still. It's like freeze. <laughs> it's just so calm. It's just so calm that like you can sit there and tell somebody you have to relax when you play pool. Or you have to not move your body around. Or you have to settle into the shot. You can say those words, but, or you can watch James Aranis from five feet away and just, oh, okay, that's a totally different picture than what you would have formed in your mind just by listening to instruction. And I don't mean to diminish instruction. I mean, that's what I do, but – Yes, playing good players. There's and, and somebody's mentioning like mixing the pros with the amateurs. Yes, it's the best thing you can do. You've got to get. You've got to get it. You got to try. You got to try. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'll give a. I give. I'll. I'll give a shout out to some of the uh, Wisconsin guys that actually notice in here. Uh, Mason Cook played. Uh, he's kind of like a borderline shortstop. I would say he's. Uh, he's, he's trying he's to make a move. He's been playing every event. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's playing a lot. Uh, Tyler Meyer played in the event. Uh, Jeremy Seaman, he's not a Wisconsin guy, but he's, you know, he's a top player, but I mean, he's still local. He's playing in every single one of these. So I think it's, you know, it's fine to give him a shout out. Uh, let's see here. We also had, uh, Brian Keeling from the lacrosse area played in it. That's awesome to see. Jeremy Fedkenhauer signed up and play Daniel Ludwig signed up to play. Uh, do, 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 I think that might be. All of the ones that I recognize, uh, of course, there's Tyler Steyer, but he's, you know, he's obviously belongs in this, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, so there was there was a handful. How did he of do? How, how did Tyler do? Uh, Tyler did not do well. I think he won maybe two matches or one. I think he won one match, oh, and then lost his third. Yeah, he lost to P.S. Labudis. Well, I, and I want to give everybody. I want to give anybody that wants to try a, a, a little tip on how to practice with the format. So if you want to play your version of the ghost, whatever level ghost, you know, whether you play six ball ghost, 10 ball ghost, whatever it is to make it so it's a fair race for you, 
you play two races to four against that ghost and you have to win both sets. And if you don't, it goes to a shootout. And the way you run the shootout is like this. You figure the ghost is 75% to make every every shot from the from the kitchen line. So if you go to a shootout, you flip a coin to see if you go first or the ghost goes first. And if it's the ghost, you flip two coins. If it comes up heads, heads, the ghost misses. But if either coin comes up a tail, it made that shot. And now you got to make your shot. And you can play it all the way out with four, you know, four flips of two coins. And then I play it where if I go back to the second hand, you know, the second shot where I'm shooting from my diamond away from the end rail, then I just give the ghost 50-50. I feel like if I've won one out of two sets, I, I pushed on a spot shot shootout to get to the secondary, I'll give it 50-50. And if I can outplay that, then I deserve it. There's some so guys who can I, fire some spot shots out there. What's that now? So there's some guys who can fire in some spot shots out oh, there. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah. anyway, and you can adjust it if you want to make your, you know, if you want to make it tougher, if you want to roll a six out of die and the ghost has to roll a six to miss the first one, you know, you can do whatever you want. But like, that's just a way to make it a little bit more fun. Because when I play the ghost, if I know, if I know that the ghost is, then I'm going to get chances. Like, and the other way you could play the ghost modified is the same story is that instead of you get the break and then every single time you get the shot, you kind of know that, Hey, I'm up three to one. I'm going to get more opportunities if I don't get out here. But if you play the ghost where every time you run a rack or every time you play your rack, then you can flip a coin to see if the ghost wins their rack. And and then you actually have to beat, and you don't know if the ghost is going to run their next three racks in a row or not. So if you get down one, nothing against the ghost, you might run all your racks and still lose. So there's ways to very make mix up the ghost to make it, feel more like a real match and put a little more uncertainty into how many opportunities you're going to get. And anyway, those are some things that I like to do to, you know, I've had a long sure. relationship with the ghost. I got to keep it fresh. You know, I got to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I met a player one time. It's uh, it was actually Mark Wilson's son. Uh, it was Jamie Wilson at the time, but he changed his name. I believe to Jamie barracks after that at one point. And I, I was sitting next to him in a tournament one time and I, and he had, he had made an error right after a, and he sat down and I, I, t I just was just gabbing with him about it. And, and he said what he does to practice, his objective is to make 200 spot shots in a row. And if he doesn't, he starts over. And I went, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> I said, you're absolutely kidding me. I don't believe you. He says, oh, no, no, I'm telling the truth. I mean, so you get to 198 and miss, you go back to zero. He goes, yeah. And I do it till I make it, till I make 200. That's that kind of dedication. It just, it, it, it blew my mind at the time. I, I just, I looked at him and I was, I was kind of scared of him after that. <laughs> when, when you, if you're, before you, before you borrow a line on that book, like for me, if I have to take into account, like, how long the sun is likely to burn before it, you know, burns out. So I just, I have to consider that while I'm setting my goals here. Yeah, right. yeah. 200 might I be mean, a that, stretch. That kind of stuff you don't hear every day from pool players, you know. You guys, I mean, remember, that you guys remember that little, is way out remember there. that little fad that they had a couple, like, uh, I don't know, it might have been like a year, year and a half ago where you have to shoot the spot shot and get your cue ball back into the kitchen to shoot another spot oh, yeah. shot into the opposite and corner. You remember, remember that? Yeah, you remember that trend that uh, that happened a couple of years Stein ago? I did it pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's and and there was like that uh, that Russian the Russian girl. I'm blanking on her name, but she had like 23 or something like that. I mean, it's just I tried doing that, like just basically kind of going off the idea of this. I tried doing this, and I got like a, I think I got the first time I tried it. I think I got to like six, and then I tried it again and got to two, and then I missed my first shot, and then I javelin my cue through a wall. 
That's me. I'll the idea of like all of a sudden it's some I can't do it. I can't. Yeah, I mean, like just the idea of like I can't even do that, and it's like uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten at a time. You know, ten at best. And how how would you just get do, to two hundred? He's hitting two hundred. Two hundred. He's hitting. God, two hundred. I just yeah. don't get so, it. Like I, I, I don't have. We're forty I don't, minutes I don't in. We're forty minutes in. We haven't even brought up Kazakis. Yeah, well, I did mention his name once. <laughs> One time, the guy, the guy well, off the I event. think. I think that's uh that's pretty strong praise. Like he wins an event like that. We're just like, yeah, but uh how many where would you rank this? Like, I mean, obviously he won Pool Masters last year. That's gotta be his career win, right? Where would you rank right. this in his career? Would this be his second best win? Or are there or no, he's probably won some on the Euro tour. But this is a big win for him, right? But this is but it's starting to kind of become normal for him. Like we're not surprised, right? He well, he looked, I love seeing him. He looked pretty pretty overjoyed at the whole thing himself. Yeah. That internal relief that came out with him at the end of there. He's also won a Kremlin Cup too. I know that. Mm. No, but I think this is payday wise. I think this is probably second right behind the Masters for him. If I'm not nice. mistaken. Yeah, but nice. Alex did get the Alex played smooth in that Masters, especially in that final where he was just superb. You know, and if you consider nine zero over Shane Good, no big deal, right? Um, but. <laughs> The the reality is, and Alex would, Alex would say the same thing. He's had moments in his career where where he had a lot of dog in him, you know. Yeah. And so for for him to kind of get that monkey off his back, and then follow that up here, you know, at every event he's in, he's always playing well, you know. He's always and then it's the dream shots that you make, you know. I mean, every now and then, these pros are all great, but then it's when you kick the balls in the center of the table, you're at the other end and you kick it in. Well, you make it. He's playing you know? for a final play in spot shots. And when you have a history of missing balls at crucial moments and to kind of handle it with the poise that he did yeah. shows his maturity as it's oh, going yeah. throughout the years and how his ability to go and process pressure and handle it and then still execute at an extremely high level. I'm a big Kazakis fan. I mean, I, I just, and that's I'm, why, I'm super happy for the guy. And that's why for everybody that – for anybody that gets in the ring, you know, like I said, you got to get in the ring and then you, you can't worry – that I'm going to get in the ring, and what if I dog it? It's like if you look at that as de as defining, like, oh, man, I guess I don't have what it takes, or I guess I, I'm i just not supposed to be a hot player. It's like, yeah, you, you got to look at, like, I've always said, like, here's you, and here's where you want to be. And in between, the whole path to get from here to there is losses, missed nine balls, chokes, meltdowns, bad days, plateaus. It, you can't get from here to there without going through that. So you just have to say, hey, I'm willing to go through that, because in the end, it's going to be worth it when I get there, and and oh, it's yeah, just sure. you can't. And Alex is a great example of that man. Sure. He didn't he didn't let that stop him. He just kept going, man. I don't know how many times when you saw him on the TV table where he's just like this or like this, <laughs> or his head and and you just see his pain and his anguish and his misery, yeah. and then when, and then when he gets his moment, it's all gone, and he's there back at the table. And Alex wasn't always able to do that, you know. Well, so, that's the great thing about pool. You know, but I love I love seeing the emotion of it though, because you see him go. Because in those race the four, it's really like, damn, every ball is is pretty important. Every safety you have to go and lay it down. Because and on top of that, it's winter break, and you can go and make the ten ball on the break. So it's like one mistake can really go and just bury you before you ever know it. You know, and um, but no, I mean, 
He and I think his last four matches, if I'm not mistaken, all went to shootouts. So if you thought he couldn't handle the pressure before, go look at those results because that's pretty strong. And on the road, he beats Kachi, beats Federer, and he's in the final doing spot shots against against Bader. You know, and, so Le- and Levan. Are... Don't forget about Levan Corteza. <laughs> oh, Levan. Yeah, Levan's a yeah, player. yeah, no yeah, doubt. That was yeah, a I great match. Any, I didn't mean any disrespect to Levan, but yeah, I mean it's. I love seeing these guys and just see their development and just see them have successes, you know? How often does it work out where like every match you play gets easier and easier and you're still playing Lee Van Cortez in your third match? Yeah. I mean, and for a lot of money. Bader, Kachi, Lee Van, and then Bader. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong, you know? And I know they're not going to go and take these results into – like well, formally into account when it comes to Moscone Cup, but like as far as rankings go, right? Not gonna hurt but him. It it'll be in the back of their mind, you know. It'll be in the back of their mind, you know. Alex's successes outside of matchroom events and just see names that he's going and taking down, and and just see him go and handle pressure because I think that's the biggest success of it all for him. You know. Well, I'll tell he's, you what, he's that's gotten the reason- a monkey off his back. That's what the reason man? why Kachi made the. That's the reason why Kachi made the the Moscone Cup last year is because his uh, success outside of matchroom, the world yeah. night, the world ten ball, and then the Austrian Open. Yeah, but like before, but back see, but back then they didn't have these like more or less stricter parameters to kind of stay within, right? So, but it's like they're human, so they're gonna go and think about these things. Like I agree with you, Nate, because I don't think the world ten ball got them there. I think it was that win in Austria after the fact that just forced their hand to where. How can we leave this guy out? You know, with nothing um, that Fedor added to his resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I guess let's give the uh, the final. Um, I guess Levan Corteza and uh, Aloysius Yap gets uh, third, fourth. Dennis Graba, Atlanti Kachi, Jesus Atencio, and Jeremy Seaman get uh, fifth through eighth. Uh, pretty good. Atencio's gonna um, break through. Like- Jesus is going to break through, man. He just seems like he's knocking on the door and knocking on the door. He just can't be like, I don't want to say in awe of some of these guys. Like, you can't think of it like um, it's an honor to go and play Shane. It's an honor to go and play Yap. Like, you're in that mix. You got to go and get there, man, because he's got the ability and he's got the talent and he's got the break. That kid can be smooth. I mean, real smooth. He reminds me a lot of Didi about three years ago. When when, – you're right, and when James's timing is is on on his break, it's a lot like like Jesus. When his when his timing is just pure, because J- James has a break sometimes that are just it's beautiful in ten ball, you know, where everything is just like one fluid motion. You know, he gets that big pop, ball just dies, and everything does what it's supposed to do. Four railers are going the way they're supposed to go and do. The two the balls are threatening the sides. The one ball is dressing up by the bottom left. I mean, it's just it's beautiful to go and watch, you know. And Jesus, you're right, Nate. That's a very good uh, 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 example to go and and, and um, compare him to because that's spot on, man. Didi ended up breaking through, and now he broke out of the U.S., which is a bummer. Another one of the players who's not coming back for a while, it seems like. But uh, you know, right when Didi was actually starting to break through and become, you know not on that top tier of players, but I would say securely into the second tier of uh, players. Now we, we might not see him for three or four years, which is kind of a bummer, maybe even more. Career might so, be over, buddy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, New Jersey pool player asked, uh, he said he slept through the whole podcast. Can we start over? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> hi. I, no. Welcome. 
<laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about before closing this out. Uh, I mean, pre- uh, so this is, I'm not sure if anybody even knows this yet, but um, it might be public knowledge. I don't know. Uh, Predator. So like Predator gets a lot of hate for a lot of different reasons. And I'm, I, you know, honestly, I was one of them about four years ago until I actually like started working with them. Uh, I will say this Predator is doing more for this sport. Maybe even with Matchroom. I mean, the stuff that they're doing. So it, it hasn't been announced yet, I don't think. But they're actually doing a Canadian Open this year, too. They're going to be inventing basically the, I don't know if you want to call it the sister tournament or the brother-sister, the sibling tournament nice. of the U.S. Open. They're creating a, a Canadian Open in Calgary. I believe it's in Calgary, Canada. Uh, Canada. And it's going to be another, uh, I, I want to say it's another $100,000 added That's event our, from Predator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like the work that they're putting into this industry and it's sick. I mean, the, the, the prize purse for their seven events just in the U S pro billiard series is $770,000. And that doesn't count the Austrian open. It doesn't count the predator world 10 ball. It doesn't count the Canadian open. Now you're looking at over a million dollars that they are going to be giving away this year alone. Great. Uh, I don't think Matchroom is giving away a million dollars. Maybe I'm wrong there. I mean, if you add up all their events, it's probably pretty close. But Matchroom is a multi-billion dollar company. Predator is a multi-million dollar company. I mean, I, I just... What is going on with you, Rob? Oh. What's that? Okay, better. Your, your mic changed. <laughs> what did, yeah, what did you just do? Oh, really? Can't, I'm off? Well, we can hear you. It just got really yeah. different. It changed. Oh. What'd you click? Oh. Anyways, whatever. Um, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like Matchroom is doing amazing things. I'm not trying to like denigrate what they're doing. I'm just, I just want to highlight properly what what Predator is doing. You're talking about a million dollars given away in prize funds this year, and that's guaranteed. Like, it's not like they're going to say like, oh, I guess we only filled twenty of the sixty four spots at yeah, but the Matchroom's Ohio reach is just going to. I love what Predator is doing, but Matchroom's reach globally. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you yeah, can't yeah. compare it. Well, what but oh, what I'll say, what I, I'll I, say I, is I just want to put it in proper context. Yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot, you know, from uh, since the Camel Tour to the IPT to Bonus Ball, to a lot of different things where people have tried to start stuff. And what I'll say is different about what Predator's doing. All those other, like, I hate to say it this way, but you can almost tell, like, which events are destined for greatness uh, and which are growth and which ones are legitimately for the players and are, you know, good, good ones to support. When the events are like, hey, guys, we're going to have some amazing things in your future if you – invest in us now so we need you to come show up and play and go negative and, and contribute a bunch of money and and you need to take the first step here and then someday it'll pay off for you and i hate to say it but that's kind of i mean that's how the ipt was a little bit like a lot of big promises maybe a little bit of bait on the hook to get some people excited but then really asking the players to spend tons of money playing qualifiers and playing all these things and then uh and then it just fizzled and, and everybody was stuck and and meanwhile with like bonus ball the same thing like hey guys we want you to take a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith. Give us some faith. Give us a chance. Give us your faith. Come Predators not doing that. They're like, no, no, no. We'll show you. We'll put the money where our mouth is. We're gonna. We'll prove it. We'll prove it. We'll prove it. We'll prove it. And they are proving it again and again. And when you have a company that goes out and proves it instead of asking for a leap of faith, you know they're legit. They 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 couldn't even fill events last year, and the year after they're adding more money. Hmm. And then they go and commit to five years. And on top of that, 
they're still working with Matchroom and sponsoring a lot of their projects apart with that. So, yeah, I don't think there's any question what they do. Nice, the little togetherness. And what they do. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Without a doubt. It can really Instead be. Starting to work together. We like that. Yeah. They, they still, still have, have a lot of bridge to kind of build, but <laughs> they do. And, and it, you yeah. know, there's, it, it's not like everything that they do is perfect either. I mean, I have some qualms with uh predator and, you know, some of the stuff that uh, goes on with that company. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that their, their warranty program is great. I don't, you know, their customer service isn't always the best, but the point is, is they're, they're putting their money, like Demetrius said, they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're not asking you to have faith in them and trust them and uh, just go along with it until it happens. They are just saying, bump all that we're just going to do our thing and you guys can either come with us or you're not but the point is is we're still going to move forward and you can choose to partake in it you, you know they're not begging chain to play they're not begging sky to play they're not asking jason to show up they're just doing what they're doing and you know if you want to show up and play in it great and if you don't want to later on i hope that this i hope that this gets so popular someday that it's 128 invited field and they remember who supported it in the beginning you know you want well, to, you want an invite? To I don't want to be that petty, but I agree with you. Yeah, I'll tell you, <laughs> this, this is the first time. I'm serious, man. Like, I'm like, damn, man, come on, get, 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 get on board here. This is the first, I've been playing pool since 94. This is the first time in my life that I felt like pool is going to get better. I mean, people are always, really? I remember, like, if you look at the people yeah. on the Camel tour in 1995, everyone's like, oh, Camel's doing great things. Pool's just getting started. We're going to get on TV. We're going to do more of it. Like, everybody's always been eternally optimistic. And the whole time, I've been pretty cynical. I'm like, yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But this is, like, the first time when I'm like, you know what? I think that in uh, 2025 and 2030, we're going to have Matchroom. We're going to have Predator. We're going to have, you know, we've got the JIC. I want to shout out to the JIC, uh, you know, Ra Hanna and, and, you know, he's been running this uh, junior events uh, all across the U.S. You know, the people talk about the U.S.'s presence in the Moscone Cup or in the national pool scene. We got to look to the juniors and the juniors need opportunity. Of course they need training, but they need opportunity to compete and, and compete against high level players. And, right. and, and the JIC has been running events. Uh, and, and it's just so exciting to see. I've seen, I've seen more promising things for the juniors, for the national level players with the, uh, you know, was NLP, I forget, but, but I've seen, yeah, you know, NBL. NBL, I'm sorry. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the, the high levels as far as predator and matchroom, uh, I've never really seen, it just feels like, and I think it maybe I don't know why it happened in the last few years. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it could be technology and with social media, we're able to unite a little bit better and organize a little bit better. Uh, or it might just be that it took the right visionaries with the right, the right plan. I don't know what it is, but this is the first time when I actually feel like, you know, if if a junior player is playing in the JIC and winning events and wanting to be a competitive pool player, of course you're going to have ten times the competition because the skill level is going up. It's all international. The information's all out there, so it's going to be harder than ever to get to the top. But for people that can, there might actually be a reason, you know. Yeah, I want to give a little shout out to, to uh, Brandon uh, and Dave Jacoby. They just had their annual Jacoby Open event this last weekend where they have a singles uh, tournament, a team tournament. And then on Sunday, it's specifically for juniors. And and they do that uh, every year. And uh, so they deserve a shout out for that. And Brandon got third place in his own tournament this year. Nice. Stacked. Hacked. I was, you know, was going to ask you, Demetrius, how hard, is it to, how hard is it to like not be cynical and jaded 
after all these years of like the BS, because I hear from a lot of guys where they're still like, we've heard it all before. We've been through this, you know, circus before and it's tough. And maybe that's why it's even tougher for them to go and, and buy into all this, what's going on now. Well, I think that, I think what it is, is that, uh, you know, pool, honestly, the only way I can say it is that my expectations have probably been lower than anybody else's for decades where, Every time anybody ever got excited about anything, whether it's bonus ball, whether it's IBT, whether it's any individual local tours or national tour, I was always just like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I, I doubt it. I'm kind of skeptical. He's done that skeptical. to me. He well, has here, done that to me. Yeah, I mean, I got a question for and you. So, and so hang on. I'm, I'm just going to finish this answer. So, so because my expectations are super, super low, then when somebody actually shows me something that's real, even if it's not – you know, everybody's making a hundred thousand dollars salary with benefits. Even if it's just, but it's not. It's a non-zero, real, net positive, established contribution to the game. They've exceeded my expectations because I had none. I think everybody else is. They want so much and they dream so big and they're so enthusiastic about so many things that everything's a perpetual disappointment to them because it's not as big or as fast or as much or whatever. But for me, I just think I was so cynical that like when somebody actually came along and did something, I'm like, oh look at that. That's not failing. <laughs> Right, I don't know. right. I, your your training program, you could say right now, honestly, is doing very well. Probably in your own mind, you're saying this is pretty good. You're pretty busy. Uh, you're full schedule. Would you say that ten years ago, you'd be in that same, be in the same place? If if you were technically as good as you are ten years ago as you are now, do you think you'd have the business you do well, now? You know, it's interesting that there's two parts to this is one is can I, you know, am I able to deliver on when somebody reaches out to me and comes into Minnesota and trains with me for three days, can I deliver to them? And that's the first question, whether or not I was personally able to deliver to them or not 10 years ago. That's a, I don't know. But, so you were able but, to. But, but the second half of that is letting people know about who I am. And so I have to thank Nate for, you know, like letting me participate. I, I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for people like Nate who built, you know, and to, to, to help people hear about me, you know, there's no way sure. there. And, and I'm not the kind of guy, I'm not the guy to do that. I just, I can't do what Nate does uh, to grow a brand. It takes a special person that has, I mean, I see how many posts that Nate Mendham posts on Facebook and it's like to have to be out there running raffles and connecting with people and sending private messages and sending packages and boy, can post and doing podcasts and running podcasts and answering questions and shaking hands with like, Oh my God! I it's it's like he's on the campaign trail. I mean, if if he wanted to run for president right now, I would think that twenty twenty four he could maybe pull it off. So anyway, it's like I if it wasn't for people like Nate, I couldn't do this. And and ten years ago there was no podcasts and there was no right. social media and there was no YouTube for pool other than just sure. a couple of trick shots. So no, I don't think that no. I don't think that if I just if I just went out and told people, hey guys, if I just shouted into a cave that I'm doing training. Yeah, I, right. it wouldn't have worked. No, no, the social media certainly has helped that. Ev evolution. This, who's this little cutie you have down there, Molina? <laughs> that's my little. That's my little monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's my baby. <laughs> my youngest. Molina, Mike knows what that's like. That's like uh, Molina's life too, huh? Isn't it fun? It's, it's tough. It it can go. Even it can more go. <clears throat> it can wear down, and it's hard to find a balance. And there's no. There's no do it like this book to learn the right way or the wrong way. It's it's completely blind and you're just trying and it's unique and different. And 
it's scary, but it's rewarding and um but not financially. Right. <laughs> but fundamentally, <laughs> you know, fundamentally it's like when you get whether this is predator with CSI or predator with matchroom, when you get a group of people who all fundamentally want the same goal and you guys can get in a room and just think about it and and work on ways to go and accomplish that it it can really be it can really take off you know and we may not see dividends in the immediate but you know long term you know that's what we're hoping for and you know we, we hope to go and and just see the game go and grow and i know just from a few years ago hell i would have never thought we'd been here talking about events back to back to back to back for these guys you know and it's all like it's all part of the process for the game of pool to kind of get to where it should be you know, yeah, I think we it's thought still we, in its infancy, but you know, it'll yeah, go when, get when COVID hit, we thought pool, we thought that live pool tournaments might be over, might die. and now it's right. and now it's yeah. never been better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's well, for sure. So, so going off of your uh, your comments there, Demetrius, as far as like the <laughs> this is the first time you're optimistic. I, I I guess the reason why I know this is real right now, or <laughs> it, it it at least really 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 feels real. If Matchroom pulled out tomorrow, and just pulled their entire pool division there's still predator that's pushing the the, mm. the industry forward right we're not losing everything it back in 2007 or about 2007 was the ipt right if the ipt pulled out the industry lost everything it's yeah. gone it's done the women's when they lost espn it was done it was gone wpba still existed but nowhere close to what it was even the WPBA is making a pretty decent resurgence right now. You know, they're adding back to their calendar for the well, first time. In with, a long time with predators help. I mean, let's not go and undersell that because yes, predators absolutely. also go is, is also helping out with, with their event. I think they're doing a Vegas event too. So it's like, they, yes. they're not just taking money and just putting it back and filling their pockets. It's like, they're, there going and putting it back into the sport. You know, that's yeah. fantastic. So kudos to that. I guess. Uh, yeah. When I'm looking at the industry right now, like, uh, you know, and bonus ball, whatever it was in like 2013 or whatever it was. I don't even, rem I don't even remember when that was. It lasted for eight months. You know, that was all pool had basically. And once it was gone, that's, that's it. You know, you go back to the Campbell tour in the late nineties and uh, Pro the, the, tour. yes, there you go. Nate. The Campbell tour was done in like 98 or something then. like that. <laughs> I, I was barely, I was six. So, I mean, once that was gone, same the, of facial I mean, here. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you're kind of in this situation where like, uh, you know, something will pop up and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then it goes away and the industry is dead. It's dead again. And until somebody, some visionary comes along and does something and then it's around for one, two, three, four, five years, dies. The entire industry is done again. It's dead again. And, you know, and it just you have all these know, different things. But go ahead. I was going to say what's exciting about that, too, is when you have one person, like whether it's Kevin Trudeau with the IPT, when you have one person that runs the only hope of pool, it's easy for them to get on a power trip, to get greedy, to get short-sighted. But when you have multiple events, not only are you diversified, and like the alligator, you've laid many legs, so that, you know many eggs, so that some of them might make it to maturity, but there's competition, and now they have to compete against each other, and, and then they can't just have some selfish person that's going to just do what's best for them. It's like, they have to start competition is great, man. Absolutely. And you, you, I mean, you're getting to the point where like, you know, if, if matchroom pulls out tomorrow, which I don't think they will, but if they did, is it, is the industry going to take a hit? It's going to take a massive hit, but is it dead? 
I don't think so. If Predator pulls out tomorrow, is the industry going to take a hit? Yeah. Is it going to be dead? No. You know, you still have, I mean, to a very, very, the only thing that could really, degree. the only thing that could really hurt at this point is if you shut off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the podcast is everything. Right. But like, it, even if you pull out Predator and Matchroom, like there are still, there are still hopes, right? The NBL could be huge. I mean, at least in the U.S., you know, the Euro Tour, you know, maybe they'll take some lessons from what Matchroom did and maybe they would grow. I mean, you're not completely dead, even if Predator and Matchroom pulled out. And I think that's that's why I think it's different right now. And this is actually a real movement is all of our eggs aren't in one basket, right? I mean, there's, you know, it's, you know, it's 75 percent, 75 percent of our hopes are still probably wrapped up in Matchroom. Uh, 20, 20 percent is wrapped up in Predator, you know. The last five percent are the MBL, the, the well, Euro. We, Tour, the... we got to teach you some math, buddy. Yeah, well, I'm not very good. At it, so. You know whatever. Well, I mean, as far as the as far as the viewership across the country, or across the world, you, I you know, what about is that everybody's everybody is forcing everybody else to do better than they did yesterday. Step up. Yeah. That's the That's and. and it, whether it's regional events that are being streamed or tournaments that are going on, even like nationally, national regional events all around the country, there's decent added money at, at, at a whole lot of them compared to years past where it was like two or three thousand dollars. Now you're talking about 10, 15, 30,000, 50,000 dollar added events, you know, at people's pool rooms. So, um, and they're all trying to work together to make sure the calendar works. And, um, but it is a really good time and the games i'm not saying the game is at the place where it needs to be but it's on the right path to get it, it, where getting there it yeah you know it may not the guys like i mean the guys who were in the later stages of their career they may not go and see it but the the younger generation of players the fillers and the fetters of the world Efren may will. go and build it Efren will see it Efren's going to be around for another 40 years Efren sees it i get to see it yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, Chess is on the upswing too. So, Queen's Gambit yeah, came. Yeah. He's got, you know, he's got options. That's all I'm saying. Tell you what, that, that Queen's Gambit, like Rob, that like, there's one thing that if I if I only brought you on the podcast for your suggestion for Queen's Gambit, that's good enough. I mean, that show was amazing. <laughs> that show was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was like, did you you, yeah. uh, you watch it, Demetrius? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hey, man, that's a game a, of like, tennis. Only on the chess. If anybody doesn't know. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know, I mean, Demetrius is a pretty, pretty, yeah, you're probably a pretty good shortstop in chess too. But you, you love the game of chess. Yes. Anybody that Let's wants, you can, you can look me up on leechess.org. I'm Ricky Roll. So okay, I'll play. If you guys look me up, I'll play you some online chess. Okay, maybe I'll play you some. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, how did you think the representation of that did for chess? Because if, if you look at the color of money, I mean, that was nothing close to what cool. The only thing I did was entertaining. Okay, so so we're doing our windup, so I'm not going to start a huge. I'll just say this: the only thing I, I loved it, I loved a lot of things about it. The one thing that I really had a trouble with, and actually, it's funny that Vegas Carlson, the world champion, said this too, is that her path was one of nonstop triumph. Where I mean, okay, almost where it's like she got to the next level, she wins, she wins, she wins, she wins, and then there was twice once at the national level and once at the world championship level where she suffered one loss 
just temporarily so that people could understand how tough her opponent was. So that she, it's almost like in a fighting movie where the main character wins every fight until they get to the very, very final bad guy. And then when they fight the final bad guy, it's actually tough. And maybe the bad guy hits them once. And it's like, ooh, this person's so tough. They can hit, hit the impossibly tough me. And then I beat them anyway. And it's that was kind of the way it was, is that she had this journey where she just got really, really, really good, beat everybody all the time, everywhere she went. And then one time, like, somebody sneaks a game off her and is like, ooh, this person's really tough. And then she immediately goes back and wins everything. And I, the problem with that is that it's a deeply, profoundly problematic narrative because it just – so many people struggle with Superman syndrome and, and thinking that they're just going to, like – like, that's not the road to success, the real road to success – is just paved with tears, pain, and loss. And we got to see that in her personal life. But it's just, and of course, it's a show, right? So you can say, oh, it's entertainment. We just want a hero to root for. And, you know, it's fantasy, right? It's fantasy. But but I think that it it made the chess, you know, it, it. so that was the only thing that I found kind of like a little weird. It's like, yeah, I would have liked to seen a little bit more suffering on the way to success. <laughs> wow. You want a little bit more suffering. What a rude yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, Let's have some I want to see some Alex Kazakis, man. I want to see the Alex Kazakis. That's why I think I like reality. You know, reality is a pretty fun thing to root for. Yeah, well. There certainly uh, is some pain involved in winning. <laughs> I, I guess that's a pretty good discussion on the, the Predator. Uh, does anybody else have anything that they want to say about the Predator event before we move on? See you in Vegas. I guess we don't. Yeah, we don't really have. Uh, somebody might could watch your poster in the background uh, on the on the uh, comment section. They want uh, that. These are, I think it's the Jackie Gleason poster. I'm not sure. Yeah, these are these are canvases by my buddy uh, Kevin. Uh, he's an artist who does a lot of pool stuff. He's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'd be happy uh, to hook you so up with them if you if you like more info. Let's move on to uh, the well. Well, let's move on to the Premier League, which is ongoing. So I guess there's really isn't a ton to talk about. But uh, before we do it. <clears throat> Why don't we? Why don't we do a manscape ad, Rob? How excited are you for this? You gonna shave oh, your face? Oh yeah, first? here I'm gonna. The only thing I I have to take this thing right here. <laughs> it's called and, the keyboard, Rob. Yeah, the keyboard. That's what it's called. <laughs> I have to move it because the hairs fall inside of it, and then it doesn't work very good. But I'm gonna get in real Whoa. close, and I'm gonna turn this mm. baby on because if you have a five day growth on your face. The hardest thing to do is just shave it off. Keep Play. it on your face, it's, buddy. It hurts. So if you have the manscape, then you can take and do this. You hear it? Cuts like butter. Oh, mm. it is just so smooth. Cuts like butter. Take off one of your eyebrows. Show them how easy, how then, easy that works. And then if you want to go over it and you want Remind to me the Blair Witch a, Project with a straight edge and it's just nothing. You don't even hardly feel it then. So that's that's this baby right here, this manscape that does it all. Every part of your body. Relax. In case you were wondering. Relax. That the reason I have no facial hair is because I take the manscape to it all the time. You know, that's that's the reason why I have none. That's a million dollar Mike, commercial. Mike, don't question that. Don't question that. <laughs> all right. We're gonna go over the sweet Valentine's Day special. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? 
The performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is just the right thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin and it gets the trimmer's advanced safe skin safe technology, it reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. What a read, huh? It even has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Look at that. Did baby. I mention it's waterproof too? That could take that could take planes out of the sky, man. Just just kick. Yeah. I'd like this, to propose this making walls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? I think this one holiday that men and women can get behind. I might. Hmm. I might. <laughs> I'm this package might. includes the, the jury. The jury's still out with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> to whack all the worst of your weeds, Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, the shed travel bag and the anti-chafing boxer briefs to help keep your boys stored comfortably. So Super if important. this sounds like something that you're interested in, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code QITUPPOD at manscaped.com. That is wow. 20% off with 20. free shipping at manscaped.com. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped on Valentine's Day. Oh, she will How's be that? so happy. You just can't you can't get this kind of advertising anywhere else. <laughs> Raising the bar, boys. Yes, we are. <laughs> right after we talk about how, how well the industry's doing, we do an ad yeah. like that, and now we hey. know that it's exactly where it needs to be. <laughs> All right, let's there go on is. to the Premier League. I personally, uh, I guess just to start out with, I really honestly loved that format last year. Uh, it kind of has like a survivor type of feel to it. It's like it's almost like a game show meets pool meets, you know, world class quality meets, you know, constant storylines. And I loved the idea of it. Honestly, I don't like the idea of all of the players playing every single day and then just eliminating some on day four, uh, day seven and then having a finals. I, I mean, I just I loved the idea of like having your ranking up high enough that you get to qualify into the early days and have the best chance of making money. And honestly, I think I, I just honestly think that uh, the format before was better. But with that being said, it's still the best pool in the world. Right. So I guess uh, what, what do you think, Belina, Mike? You look real angry about it. No, I'm not. I'm not angry at all. I like it. I do. I, it's a lot of pool. It's a lot of pool and it's race the five nine ball. It can be exciting and thrilling and compelling. Um, it's massive swings because of the alternate break. So it's like, you know, even of a three, one lead, or we saw earlier today where, uh, Kelly Fisher had Shane, I think it was like four, one after Shane missed an eight ball and, and a nine ball. I mean, you I think can't was win in day one. In all he of was. his matches. Oh, I don't know about that, but I know he was certainly down. And all of his Kelly. matches today. Sorry, today. Oh, today. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't get to watch a lot today. This morning, and won but, all of them. He won all of his um, matches down five, four or four to one, I think. I wow. like seeing these guys go and it, it reminds me a lot of the predator event in the sense that it's a lot of like pressure packed and you have to go and play really great. I love the four inch pockets. Shane missed an eight ball and Shane missed a nine ball. It's like, you can never get too comfortable because 
you have to really bear down and focus and execute and make sure and put the and put the ball down. Um, I don't think you can't lose it in day one, but you can put yourself in a really bad hole, you know. And um, we saw that with Max yesterday. But yeah, I mean, it was different last year because you had guys coming in like at different stages, and you know whether there's benefit to that or not. I don't know, but I like that everyone's playing everyone. So it's not like different groups separated like it was before. Um, and I mean, it's some of the best players on earth right now. I know we're missing a few guys, but um, it's the, the talent level is is phenomenal. So that much I can appreciate. And I'm just seeing those guys play on four inch pockets is just a real treat, man, because if it was on if it was on four and a half, I'm out. Forget it. I want zero part of it. I love the referee racking. You know, if you're going to you got just as much chance of getting slugged as the next guy. Um, so I think that'll go and even itself out. And like the guys were saying on the commentary earlier, it's like, you, even though it's a race to five, you're really playing a really long race with everybody else to get to the most wins to secure your spot. And then once you get, I think it was after, after day five, you get into uh, uh, the top 10, I believe something like that. So, um uh there's 16 I, that they start out with in at the end of yeah day i think five, i think six go six home yeah yeah and they're guaranteed some money which is good for them um it's kind of brutal that's after wisconsin because you know kazakis you know and yap and, and yeah, yeah kachi they kind of look they didn't look that great they didn't look that sharp and i'm sure they were jet lagged and everything else but um like, I know that all three of them were in Wisconsin on Sunday morning, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't sleep the best on a plane. I can a little bit, but I, I, I don't sleep great on a plane. So when you're talking about, like, let's say they have a noon flight out of Wisconsin, they're not flying straight from Wisconsin to London. They're flying from Wisconsin to Chicago or to New York City yeah. or to somewhere. So you're talking about a three-hour flight probably from Wisconsin to wherever they're going, let's say, a, you know, an average of two hour layover, something like that. And now you're looking at an eight hour flight from there to London. You're looking at, you know, from start to finish, from the moment you walk through the airport doors to the moment you leave the airport doors and get to the event, you're looking at about probably 16 to 20 hours. And that puts you there in the middle of the morning, probably right when you're about to start. So you're not sleeping basically from Sunday at noon, well, going through all that travel. And then you're showing up and being expected to hit balls within probably two hours that's brutal they did accommodate them in the sense that they moved their matches to the uh evening sure. session so i mean you know in that regards they were flexible with them and were understanding so nice. you know they weren't just throwing them out there and you know leaving them to go and get Could eaten you by the wolves they weren't accommodating yeah yeah torched. yeah for sure i mean they could have put them in a bad spot let's get one, one one missed flight you know then it's like you're going and scrambling, finding someone out of Europe to go in and uh, fill in. But Matchroom always does a great job. I like the second channel. I wish it had commentary as well on it, though, on, on the YouTube. Um, Dazen, for me, has been great. You know, I haven't had any issues with it at all. Um, you know, I just I don't want to complain, and I don't really have anything to complain about. Um, but it's a lot of pool. You know, we're talking about 10 hours a day of, of just nothing but – but nine ball pool and with all great players. And as someone who likes to gamble a little bit, I like betting on them, but it can, it can really go and torture you because race to five. I mean, even though someone's a, a favorite, you can have Kelly Fisher going and beating Kachi. You can have Kelly Fisher up four to one on Shane. So from a number of different standpoints, if you're laying odds on the money or you're laying a game, I mean, it can really, 
it can really make it make it fun pretty quick and you can get busted pretty quick with that <laughs> amount of matches every day trust me i know too well Demetrius, how much fun that is thoughts? no i i don't have much to say i haven't really been watching this one i've uh I don't know. I had a couple things going on, but uh, I'll probably start tuning in now. So I've got a day or two before my next student flies in. So I'll probably uh, probably get a chance to watch some in the next couple of days. There you go. Yeah, I've, I've been, watched I've the been, We're gonna talk about it. Yeah, I've been. Well, I've been loosely watching. I mean, I, with Darren being here the last two weeks, Darren and Mika being here the last two weeks, I, I've I've really struggled to get anything done. Uh, so basically I'm trying to catch up on in two weeks worth of not really doing all that much. So, uh, I mean, everybody who won a prize for the Mika and Darren matchup, you know that you haven't got it yet, but I'm looking over right now at, I'm going to end up shipping out 39 packages today. So I finally got all those boxed up and ready to go to the airport. So, uh, sorry, I say airport, the, uh, the post office and yeah. I'll get those shipped out. Uh, <laughs> you can deliver. <laughs> All right. Here, here's everything I have to get done. This is my organization right here. You're just gonna show so, up at their door. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, well, hey, airport, you take like these. To have a real job, you know. I mean, come on. This is oh, this is a real job. All right, That's it just what doesn't I just pay. Said. It just doesn't pay. I have a real job. It just doesn't pay. Come on, Alicia no, pays you. I've been watching a little bit. Um, I watched uh, Shane's matches. I watched Sky's matches. Sky actually, like for not competing, he I thought he looked okay. It's crazy how he just doesn't have to play hardly any pool at all, and he just shows up and you know, you know, kind of I guess it gets it done. But uh, you know, I think it's showing up a little bit with uh, his ability to I guess perform the best under pressure. I would say that in this type of format, that he's certainly not huge dog to you know to get. Um, to get beaten any sort of his matches, but I, I think that you know we'll he see. Can we'll see kind of how this goes. Ball. You know he can yeah. break one well, yeah, spot got, nine ball. He's currently two to two. Um, he plays Jason tonight for his third match. We'll see. It's kind of a. It's almost brutal. Um, Max Leshner, in his first day, he had to play five matches, and you know it, he just turns out that he just didn't play good pool. You know he's he he's he dropped oh five in the first day. It sucks that you have five matches on a day that you just don't you know, you don't have your best game. And, you know, maybe if those five game five matches were on day two, that, uh, you know, maybe he'd be five and oh right now instead of oh and five. But I think it's, I think it's a little weird to have somebody play two matches on the first day and have somebody play five on the first day. But, you know, maybe it's a little bit different because they're trying to accommodate the, the other players. So, you know, you maybe have to wiggle it around. I'm not sure exactly how they do the scheduling. So, um, I guess in the grand, but some guys things, just find a way, man, like in the overall, you know, like some of these, yeah. like, Chains down four to one. He finds a way, you know. But nine ball. I mean, you guys know pool can be brutal, man. It's like one or two funky how, how things, you and you're play, talking about alternate uh, break. Like, you know, it's it's tough. It's very very tough. Demi, when you're when you're down, do you have a different mindset? Do you do you just do you, do you just grab yourself by the knockers and go, hey, I'm digging in. So so I'm I'm really um I'm very 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 forgiving to myself about about outcomes you know like uh whether or not i win whether or not i miss balls but i'm very 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 like religiously impatient and intolerant with myself when it comes to uh my processes so i feel that i feel that i'm not a professional pool player but when i go to a tournament it is my job to do certain things it is my job to make a good decision 
make my best effort, take a deep breath and put a trusting stroke on every shot. If I'm going to play a safety, I it's I don't just get to sit there and be like, things aren't going my way. I guess I'll just skim this ball and go up table and hopefully I get a hook or hopefully I you know, it's good enough. It's like, no, it's my job. Even when I don't feel like it matters, even when I don't feel like I'm up to it, even if I don't feel like, like I'm good enough right now to get the cue ball to go where I want to, or if I'm breaking down, like how I feel is fine. And how I'm, you know, what thoughts go through my head. I don't care how I feel or what I think when I, I have certain beliefs and I care about my beliefs and my behavior. And it's like, I believe that I can do my job and that there's no level of breakdown that I could have to where I can't make my good decision, decide what I want to do, commit to it, get down and give my best effort. And if I can honestly say that I do that, then, then I'll, then I can handle the downswings. But I just, but if, but if I don't do that, if I let the, if I let my, the results and my mindset about those results start impacting my, my efforts and my shot selection or my, or, you know, whether or not I, I really commit or to put a good trusting stroke. Like that's not okay. And then it's like, well, then I have to ask myself, like, you know, then I, I just, I don't get to, you don't get to do that. It would, it would almost be like this. Suppose you got to the finals. If you showed up and played your best and lost, which would you, you know, that's one thing, but suppose you didn't even bother to play. Suppose you over your fourth at your match. Cause you didn't even get out there on time. It's like, no, you got to show up for the finals, man. You can't, you know, if you lose, you lose, but you at least got to get there and play. Well, to me, doing your processes, like if you don't even do your processes, then it's like you didn't even show up for the match. And that's sure. unforgivable. I mean, like, you can see I'm ranting, I'm ranting. So no, it's like no, that. Well, that's all important a question there for you. So, so that's how I deal with I don't really care about downswings in terms of results or feelings or, or thoughts. All I care about right. is I am going to do my job. And as long as I do my job, there's the background is going to be a merry-go-round, a kaleidoscope of wins and losses and misses and chokes and hero shots and, <laughs> and, and caches and no caches and you know, hero stories where I beat somebody great. And then, and then I lose to somebody I, you know, that can't hardly play. It's, it's just going to be this big kaleidoscope of results spinning around sure. and in the middle of it all, I got a job to do. And none of that matters. You got to do your job. Yeah. I, I can remember a, a, an instance. Uh, this is quite about 20 years ago. Now I was in the finals of a, a pretty, a pretty uh, big nine ball tournament where there was, you know, three, $4,000 on the line. And uh, it was score was three to three. And my opponent at, was coming back to the table after he had just tied, tied it up three to three. And he looked at me and uh, his name was Gene Albright. And, and he says to me, he said, Rob, I can see I'm going to have to take my game to the next level. So that was kind of what I was asking. I mean, it's, there's a point there where you can actually go inside yourself deeper. And that's what he was kind of saying to me. He was saying, listen, I can't just play my regular game. I'm going to have to go. If I want to win this, I have to go deeper than I'm going now. I have to do more focus. Better For focus. sure. But the problem is, is that there's also a reality, which is that you can't always like nobody can always like, of course, that's what you try to do. Right. Right. But, it, but, if it, but if you could just, if everybody was, you know, everybody's the hero in their own story, you know, and everybody thinks that it's, the, you know, everybody thinks it's the part of the movie where it's the end of the movie where they're going to dig deep and make the three pointer at the buzzer. But the fact is, is that everybody, but one person loses out of the tournament. And so in everybody. the end, Right. It, it's, it's just like you can't just sit there and be like champions, just dig deep and always find a way to win, because that's just <laughs> not the truth. That's 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 the Queen's Gambit thinking. And that whole line of thinking leads to a lot of problems in mental game. I really believe that people's people have delusional narratives that lead to mental problems when they play pool. And that if you can have a realistic <laughs> narrative, which is that 
you know, there's going to be ups and downs, and I'm not a hero that I can always come with magic, but that's okay. I don't need to be. I don't need to be something that I'm not. I'm not a superhero, but I don't need to be a superhero. I'm just a guy that tries really hard to prepare, practice ahead of time, get my game sharpened up, go out there, make good decisions, give my best effort, try to handle the pressure, try to handle the situation sure. physically and mentally. Sure. And then and then whatever happens, happens. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think for me, that's, you know, I maybe other people have had, I don't think that this whole hero narrative is successful. I wouldn't say it works for some people. I would say so many people think that way that okay. among the people that think that way, sometimes they're going to back into good results, uh, especially at the non-elite levels. But I think when you get to the elite levels, like even Fedor, you know, he'll tell you, it's like he, all he cares about is how hard he prepares and how hard he tries. And that's what he measures himself on. And he sure, can't, sure, you know, sure. so that's, I think that's the real way to look at it for. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so those there's no deeper inner you that can play better than what you're already playing. Well, I mean, that, it can happen, right? That can happen where yeah. sometimes, like sometimes when you're in the clutch, you dig deep and you find ways to do stuff that you couldn't have done earlier and and it's great. Yeah. But there's also times in the clutches you try to dig deep and instead you find ways to blow shots that you wouldn't have thought, like you find ways to melt down in ways you didn't think you were, you break down the levels that you didn't <laughs> think you were capable of breaking down to. That happens right. too. That can work against and it's, yeah. it's, you're not, you're not a hero or a dog. You're all of it. And you just have to keep steering back and trying, you know, that's okay. It. Yeah. Well, it worked for Gene. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He, he, he ran off the set. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess with that, let's, uh, let's wrap up the podcast. I think uh, that's a pretty good, I guess I'm on a time for, uh, for airing the show, uh, check out premier league. I think it's going on right now. I, I had assumed that it's, um, still going on the zone and YouTube. So I guess with that, uh, thanks again for joining us, Demetrius and Rob and Mike had to leave just a little bit ago, but, uh, thanks Mike. And thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in. And I guess we'll be back next week. Thanks a lot, fellas. Take care. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Good to see everybody.